0: Welcome to episode two of Africa's State of Mind with Lee Kasumba. So excited on today's podcast. We have a variation of guests. Um, we had a chat with Valdi, first of all, from Kenya. Um, she spoke about shopping and obviously because you know I love shopping I I kind of gravitated towards the story but what's really interesting is that in Kenya if you're from Kenya or from the East African region you may be familiar with Gikomba Market which is the largest open air um, market where they sell all of the biggest like international brands at a fraction of the price so all the expats all the, the Kenyans who want to go out there and people from East Africa who want to go out there and look nice but not at the price of like um you know the exorbitant prices they always go out there so we had a conversation with her to find out about the history and the importance of it and obviously in reference to the fire that's been, the, the fire that has recently taken place there um, unfortunately. Then we also caught up with an artist, um, Sandile Radebe I would try to say all the things he's going to say but he's so creative and so um, excellent in the way that he describes art and he describes the power of language and how it is that he brings art and language together that I think you want to stick around for that and you're about to be, you're going to be educated and your eyes are going to be open, you're going to be like I never, you Even knew that that existed And then You know Every single podcast I do an interview With somebody Who's going to make me proud So that when I go home I tell tell my dad I say daddy You know what Today I actually worked hard We had a chat with Um with Dr. causa Who is an amazing author um, He's also a businessman So Dr. causa is the author For *Attune Leadership Let Africa Lead The African In My Dream He also is the former Chairperson of Nedbank He's just In terms of the work That he's done With the continent And we had a conversation About leadership And the art of being An African statesman Or the lack thereof um, When you know From his perspective When you kind of look At what's going on Around the continent So we had a conversation With him Very enlightening And you'll also feel like you're in the middle of a history lesson. And I think it's also kind of cool that he knew um, the former president, Nelson Mandela. I'm just saying association. You never know what will happen. And then we wrapped everything up with Akin Omotosho. You just type in if you type in Google Akin, it will just go Omotosho because since the days of God is African, right up until now um, with all the work that he's been doing, he's been one of the biggest um, creators, the biggest minds, um, and the most important uh, people when it comes to the African film industry. He's of Nigerian um, descent, but he's based in South Africa, and he's been doing a lot of work to showcase African film in the most amazing way. So we had a great conversation with him, and apparently I'm going to be cameoing in some of his movies. I'm just saying, no, maybe not. Let me not embarrass myself. But with all that said, let's get straight into it. Hi, Valdi. Welcome, Mambo. <laughs> Uh, for, uh Barisana. Okay, I'm just trying to like, you know <laughs> Welcome to the show, Valdi How are you doing?
1: Very well, how are
0: you? I'm good, thank you We wanted to have a bit of a conversation with you Around Gikomba markets Just for people in general If you're not from Kenya or within that region You know, a lot of people don't know How important Gikomba market is Because like, every, you know Hundreds and thousands of tons of clothes Are imported there Which obviously brings an import revenue To the government And of course consumers who now want to dress in fancy clothes, you know that are with that are genuine and authentic, but at a better price, can also go out there. But on the other hand, um, people who are industrialists and perhaps the the competitors of Kikomba market feel that it has undercut the Kenyan um, textile industry and the local garment industry. Now, obviously, on Friday, the sixth of October, if I'm not mistaken, there was a fire that happened in Kikomba market. If you could just, from your perspective, give us an idea of why you feel the Kikomba market is important economically and his historically to the people of Kenya.
1: Well, Kikomba market is actually the largest informal market in East Africa, Mm. so it's not just Kenya's uh, largest market, it's the whole of East Africa. It stretches over kilometres, there are thousands upon thousands of stalls. And as you said, a lot of these clothes are are donations from the West. Mm. So people make a living, uh, they support their families by selling these second-hand clothes that were destined for charity, Mm. um, but that then end up um, in the these pavement markets as they're known um, here in East Africa. You'll know if you've been uh, that uh, this is a source where people get a lot of their clothing simply because it's unaffordable for them to go and shop uh, for new clothes at places like Edgar's or Woolworth's. Um, Plus, um, Kenya has a massive informal economy. In fact, it's estimated that about 95% of this country has an informal economy and only 5% is, is formalized. So you can understand that this is how many people actually make a living, put their children through school, put food on the table. So Kikomba market and the trading that happens there is a critical lifeline mm. for many, many informal traders um, in Kenya.
0: You raise a lot of very important and valuable points, you know, especially with regards to 95% of Kenya's economy being informal. With regards to the competitors and the industrialists, which sort of people do you feel see Kikomba market as being a competitor or not? being good for the um, Kenyan economy and industry as a whole?
1: I think that people who might be um, trying to formalize the Kenyan economy so there has been a massive um, push towards that um, in recent years you've seen new star malls come up but you've also seen um, international companies trying enter the market uh, particularly South African companies um, <laughs> as well so there's jet stores there's Woolworths um, and so forth so those are the kind of competitors but the thing about Kikomba is that it has such a massive legacy. It's been around for, mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally like Kenya's closed treasure market. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, expats included, go and shop there. Um, so so that is why it is so important uh, for the country. Um, but I think that. Having a fire at Kikomba isn't new. There is a fire practically every year. Uh, Last month, there was a fire there as well, back in September. And I think what makes this one different is that given the current political situation and the fact Mm -hmm. that arson is suspected, it's gotten everybody uh, to pay attention to what it is. But also the fact that there's been two fires uh, consecutively in two months makes you see that government isn't really addressing the fact that the, the market is overcrowded. Access mm-hmm. uh, for firefighters is incredibly difficult because there are so many stalls packed so close together. Um, it is a constant fire hazard and there isn't a Fire station close to there mm. uh, So they're seeing all of these problems And what the Kikomba traders now want Is for the government to actually Formalize uh, the market To set up stalls where they Will be able to to have some Form of shelter but that isn't made of just A wooden structure mm. where they hang the clothes Or put the shoes that out. obviously increases All fire. the dishes, mm. absolutely That inc- increases the hazard
0: Thank you so much um, for just spending Time with us in Africa State of Mind Enjoy the rest of your day and I'm looking forward to shopping with with you,
1: I'm looking forward to, to showing you um, my hood, so to speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Valde. Enjoy the rest of your day. Africa State of Mind
2: with
3: Lee Kasumba. Get it on iTunes now.
0: Dr. Koza, it's such a privilege and just like it's amazing to be able to speak to you and to have you in Africa State of Mind. I tried to think of like a clever way to introduce you, but I kind of struggled with it because your work, like, you know, from attuned leadership to let Africa lead the African in my dream, really embody all that uh, this podcast, Africa State of Mind, is all about. Um, you're obviously very successful in terms of the business and banking sector. And you're, you're a voice for people, even though you're really powerful. You're a voice and a very necessary voice where you speak. Speak out against and speak for What is right the whole time So welcome to Africa State of Mind It's such a pleasure to have you on the show
2: Thank you very much Lee
0: Um, Let's talk about first of all Your book Let Africa Lead That was forwarded by Nelson Mandela But more from the perspective of Obviously like when we look at the way That things are within South Africa And Africa at the moment Everybody has a view that they know What you know the late Nelson Mandela Would have thought about the leadership In South Africa and in Africa And you know everybody's like He would have been on This side, on that side, from having a relationship with him and knowing him, what do you think he would have thought about the state of leadership in Africa at the moment in general?
2: I'm inclined to believe that he would have been um, a bit depressed with the majority of leaders that have emerged now. He would have been somewhat uh, disappointed also with uh, the retrogression on the concept of the Afghan renaissance. Mm-hmm. Whereas well, his successor actually went so far as to dub this, uh, this century the, the African century,
4: mm-hmm.
2: following the disappearance of the five that actually came up with the concept of the African Renaissance and uh, were exponents for it namely, uh, Tabombeki, President Obasanjo Boteflika, and uh, to a degree, the then president of uh, Senegal. Uh, Following them um, disappearing from the scene, we don't have real exponents who actually champion the African or pan-African cause. Neither do we have uh, the kind of leadership in South Africa, African leadership, that actually um, is concerned about exploding myths about Africans. Mm. And um, as serving as exponents for that which is wholesome where Africa is concerned. Mm. So I believe um, he would have been a bit disappointed about that. He might have been fairly satisfied with the degree to which um, Atabombeki was uh, leading South Africa as a technocrat mm. who understood mm. globality and the whole process of globalization and our best um, to position South Africa and Africa beneficially or at least equibeneficially from the global- globalization process. Uh, the leadership that we have now cannot even conceptualize a globalization when they go to China they forget that China is a continent; it's not just a um, country. Mm. It, the various regions are even bigger than most African countries. But when when Africa comes here, when uh, China comes here, they behave like they were just uh, mono, one monolithic country that uh, is working for the benefit of a country called China. And here, we cannot even think regionally. You have uh, little countries like um, Lesotho, even imagining that they can actually engage in an economic tango with China. I mean, there's no question as to who will be, trump- all be trampled. It's just, it's just like a massive tango between the elephant and the mouse. Mm. Um, it, it's clear who will be trampled over. So Africa should, at the very least, think regionally. Mm. We should just about do nothing with a China unless we went there as SADC, And then the personal, more preferably as Africa per se. But we actually have to stop being a continent in fragments.
4: Amazing. And find
2: ways yeah. of aligning the regions uh, as in ourselves, yes, SADC, and your particular part of the country, mm. the East African community, and ECOWAS at, at the very least. Mm. But ideally, you also have in there what people dub uh, Central Africa and the Maghreb region. That uh, vision was actually, and this vision was being very well articulated by the five that I referred to, who were the conceptualizers of
0: the african by that's so true you know um dr Koza, when you brought the analogy up between uh with china and how it's like the elephant and the mouse you know i've i've been blessed enough to be able to go to a lot of different african countries and it's so crazy it's like even when you go to angola you go one year and it's like there's zero chinese population and then you go uh-huh. back a year later not only is there a chinese population but there's a whole new breed and race of people i'm like what are they, you know where are they from and it's you know when i heard that story about how basically the the angolan Leadership had basically imported Ex-convicts from China to go and Work in yeah. Angola to build this new Luanda you know the new city of Luanda and everything And then you see it yeah. being replicated In different parts of the continent in yeah. Somaliland all of these different things where A lot of the people are coming in and when it Comes to leadership you know obviously there is A you know everybody will say that in terms of The private sector and business and Investment it's important mm-hmm. but What are your thoughts on the way that leaders Are working with Investors with foreign investors or with the the, with the private sector and how it works for the good or not in the good of the favour of the average person from the different African countries?
2: The, what I find uh, particularly excruciatingly painful is the fact that we as Africans uh, forget very, very easily that not so long ago, in the memory of nations, you um, know, uh, 1884, 1885, uh, the scramble for Africa and this partitioning, mm. it, it's not so long ago, we got uh, balkanized as a continent and uh, we were distributed among so-called uh, conquering nations, and uh, lately the uh, scramble for Africa is assuming more surreptitious, uh, more subtle mm. ways of uh, actually colonizing us. You do have the Americans uh, being friendly in certain respects, uh, and and we get into. Uh, Uh, agreements even to hold someone or ostensibly (laughs) hold someone like Algoa with our eyes closed or only half open and then we go into working relationships with uh, the Chinese, Uh, may it be them assisting us build our headquarters in Ethiopia. Mm. We actually literally sell our souls uh, because even in terms of the design of the building, Mm. there is nothing indigenous about it and and yet we do have um, architects that we should insist work hand-in-hand hand with uh, the Chinese exactly. to, to make sure that we give our headquarters a, an, an, Af- an African character. Mm. We should also make sure that um, whatever they do ostensibly for our good, the terms are ours because this is our continent, this is our country. But as things appear to be panning out, they come in, essentially design the stadium, provide wow. the floodlights, tell us what the regulations uh, for the play are going to be, and appoint the referee. And we wow. just move in the play like, Very, very blindly, and then get to be eternally grateful Mm. for the fact that they have actually come here. There is a sense in which uh, there are um, industries where we should actually dictate terms. Uh, You take food security. You mentioned Angola, you mentioned the DRC, you mentioned your own country in Uganda. If you drop a seed anywhere in the bush, it will germinate. Yeah. Uh, some, yeah. Area, some areas are so...
0: Fertile, fertile. exactly. Yeah. In Uganda, you That's don't best. have to work hard for it. It it just germinates, yes. Correct,
2: okay, right. just germinates. Mm. And then imagine if we actually used modern methods of uh, agriculture. Mm -hmm. the uh, harvest will be so bountiful that we would feed ourselves. There will be no little kids with malnourished looks and uh, Mm. protruding tummies. That that should not be happening if we had uh, the sound kind of leadership.
4: You're right. So that's why
2: yeah. I, be- I believe um, uh, Mandela would actually be, be quite depressed. Yeah. I, and it, it so happens. He did not just write the forward to let Africa lead. I worked with him for three to three and a half years as chairman of ESCOM. I got to understand him as a, a wonderful human being and exquisite leader.
0: Definitely. Sure. We definitely need more leaders like him and people who have voices like you do. Um, Dr. Koza, one of the things that I'm the most passionate about, I feel, is the continent, you know, and just all the possibilities and I've uh-huh. often had conversations with friends and everything where I just feel like the biggest letdown for me and people can say whatever and and I know that we don't only look to leadership is the fact that I do feel that the leaders of Africa just in general are not doing you know the continent a service so if we look at like some of the bigger events that have happened in 2017 so in Cameroon you know there's a whole fight happening between francophone and Anglophone Cameroon in Rwanda Kagame was praised as being an amazing leader and you know he's done a lot but there's been a referendum where he can stay in Power until twenty thirty four, and it's now constitutionally correct. Um, President Museveni has been in power longer than I've been alive. <laughs> you know, which is, I mean, you know, when my aunt was, I was having a conversation with her when she said, I was like, wow, he's been there thirty six years. I'm like, that's longer than me. You know, um, yeah. Kenya is also in an interesting position with the re-elections, and then Liberia is yeah. about to vote in a new president. Um, with Sir Ellen Joseph, I um, mean, you know, she's no longer there. Um, anymore, sure. you know, and obviously in December, you know, the big ANC caucus that's going to be be happening in December. What do you think 2017 is going to be defined as the year of in terms of African leadership and what has been the standout story, be it good or bad, in terms of African leadership for 2017?
2: You cover an entire tapestry of what is happening on the continent. I happen to experience some of the tragedies unfolding. Personally, Um, the company that I chair lately, Dloblak, is an investor in in Cameroon. Mm. So you go there, even as you arrive, um, it's just like you're in a war zone. Uh,
4: It's
2: it's tense, Mm -hmm. and essentially all because colonizers or colonialists took charge of us, Mm. partitioned us um, into anglophone and francophone and we succumb to those manipulations. Forget that uh, at core we are all Africans, that the the boundaries are essentially uh, artificial, Mm. that we effectively belong together and we should actually consolidate, align ourselves and then use Africa as our anchor and relate to the rest of the world. But your question is, what do I find most depressing? I think all of the uh, instances that you have mentioned, I find Kenya particularly worrisome. Mm. On my board at Black, um we have one, Edin Joroghe who actually is from there and is mm. very, very knowledgeable. So he keeps one informed. I mean, he has become a friend as well, in addition to being a colleague on the board. I want to believe that the two leaders there should actually have found an accord, found a way Mm. of addressing this. If if, if there are differences, they're bound to be, if if one is in power and another is in opposition.
0: Mm.
2: But, uh, you know, blasting each other in public the way they do.
0: is ridiculous.
4: uh,
2: Talking talking Mm. as though there was no Kenya with a commonality of Mm. people, which is what is, I believe, key. Mm. I am me Extremely depressed, mm-hmm. uh, essentially because uh, both leaders I I had uh, I had grown to cherish and respect, mm-hmm. and one was pinning one's hope on either one of them actually winning, mm-hmm. because I believe uh, there is a sense in which I think either one of them could actually have done a good job. But uh, one of the things that uh, I consider very very important where African leadership is concerned. One of the key features that I believe we need to develop as African leadership is to make sure that we produce leadership that is politically and, and personally as gracious, honorable and magnanimous in defeat as it is in success. Wow. So when I experience what I uh, ex- observe in, in Kenya, that, that's where I say as I believe we actually feel that we are actually doing ourselves in as Africans. And I want to believe that um, we should also develop the kind of, of leadership that does not shy away from you know, difficult or unpopular decisions or measures mm-hmm. uh, like we tend to do now. I think very, very importantly, the maturity of leadership in, in Africa should assume the understanding that the success of others does not necessarily diminish their own success, but as to the commonwealth. All of these are signs of maturity that I believe we should be working towards. And during the presidency of Becky, because it was very, very cerebral, very intellectual, these were beginning to take shape mm. but right now if i went to the president of the day and, and spoke this language you would be totally lost essentially because what conceptual basket he has is empty
0: sure dr koza thank you very much for spending time on africa's state of mind okay thank you so much dr koza
2: good luck africa state of mind with lee kasumba
0: get it on itunes now Good morning, good morning, good morning. <clears throat> Shouldn't have had milk. Guys, I don't sound clear. I can hear the milk in my... I'm joking. <laughs> Everyone just look at me, they're like, Lee, just get on with it. Good morning. How are you doing, Sandile? I'm okay, myself, Lee. I'm all right. Thank you. Welcome to Africa State of Mind. So excited to have you here. Thanks for having me here. I'm a lover of art and creative, and I really believe that it plays such a huge role with regards to um bringing people from the continent together and really... Painting pictures, excuse the pun, you know, and and painting our stories as Africans to the rest of the world. Mm. Talk to us about how it is that you got involved in art.
3: Um, since childhood I've always been drawing Yeah uh, But
0: good drawing Or like the kind Where your parents Were like look <laughs>
3: I, I, was, I was just copying Everything that was In front of me mm-hmm. And everybody got used To the fact that Sunday is going to be The last one to eat Because he's finishing His drawing mm. So I started by copying uh, Mike Tyson Cars Anything in front of me I wow. just copied Copied That's how I developed My skill Yeah, And it was a natural thing Nobody like told me Do this or Just Mm-hmm. Like, did
0: and did you ever get any formal training in terms of art, or was it just, I mean, from that stage at all?
3: No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I started learning, I was formally trained at varsity, but okay. like, uh, throughout my whole life, mm-hmm. just been self taught, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
0: And just with regards to formal training and, and African art because you know. I, d- I feel that within the continent in general When it comes to the creative A lot of people are They're like natural talents And there isn't always that much emphasis Like whether you're in music Or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. The emphasis is not always put on In terms of getting formal training Everybody's like mm-hmm. We're creative Our people We've have been talent. doing it We've got talent yeah, Talent yeah. is everything You yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What are your views on that? Um, Specifically from the artistic perspective You know If people say to you They're like I want to be an artist This mm-hmm. is what I want to do But I know I just have the talent Like yeah. what are your what are your thoughts on that?
3: Being formally trained gives you a balance. You, I mean, of course, uh, raw talent is important. It's, it's your drive. It's your reason for doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once uh, you've put whatever you are gifted in onto, uh, made it a, a commodity, you need to find a way of locating it within an industry and making sense of how it works and which involves a lot of other things, uh, marketing yourself, promoting yourself, mm-hmm contracts engaging interacting responding to people and also seeing the relevance in what you're doing in relation to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. so like formal training allows you to locate yourself within the industry in a way that you have a clear sense of where you could go what are your possibilities you Mm -hmm. can see your trajectory as a cultural practitioner within that
0: industry. Okay. Yeah. And that's really interesting actually. Like you should like I wish everybody would actually understand just the importance of what you know because mm. I do find especially now I think with the way that the world has gone and with social media and all of this stuff everybody just has this thing where they're like I'm just talented and I can just get about it and everything is overnight. Yeah. Um but for you um in terms of your first big break as an artist where mm. did that come from? Like what was the first big break?
3: Cannot pinpoint one particular instance, but there's been a few that have been significant for me. Okay, uh, let's talk I, about those. Yeah, did a, a, a solo show. Um, that was like one major thing for me. Mm-hmm. I also curated a, a show for Everard Reed Cape Town. Oh, that wow. Was a, that was another one.
0: Talk to us about that show because that was quite... Yeah. yeah.
3: It was, um, well, Everard Reed Cape Town approached me like, yo, Sandile, this is... Uh, the idea we have in mind, how mm-hmm. do you feel about it, give us an idea, and then we look at it and respond to you. Mm-hmm. I came up with the concept, Material City, which was essentially focusing on the mate- use of materiality in nice. visual communication. Mm-hmm. And they liked the idea, and then I had a few ideas that I felt worked experimentally and explored materiality in their practice mm-hmm. to give their Interpretation or understanding of what mater- how materiality informs the understanding of city or, or in a in not, not in a general sense but more specifically uh human habitation and how materiality is used to make meaning uh for human beings uh in any given setting so that was uh, roughly the the idea and um got these artists they were excited to be on yeah. board and they made work I looked at the work visited them wow. yeah curated the work. Um, Yeah, I did a lot of back and forth interactions So I got to learn about how I think about materiality Mm -hmm. Through how they uh, practice or involve materiality in their practice Okay Yeah, yeah
0: Oh wow, that's amazing Mm -hmm. That's awesome And you're collaborating with Afropunk and Umuzi um, Mm -hmm. Currently on a project which is so awesome to see language and Mm -hmm. art kind of collaborating Talk to us about how first you got involved in that Mm -hmm. And then, then we'll get into the whole idea around the, you know, the relationship with language mm-hmm. and art mm-hmm. And African culture Okay Silice, so
3: yeah um, Generally in my work, I work with uh, language And how language uh permeates every aspect of human interaction mm-hmm. uh, Specifically text, the written language mm-hmm. So coming from a graffiti background uh, Where you ornament text yeah. um, that is my thing and my work was about that Mm -hmm. and like Umuzi was aware this is my practice and they invited me on a language exhibition Oh
0: wow um
3: collaborating Mm -hmm. or co-curating with Bule who's a a, a linguist Mm -hmm. so and also the good thing about about me and Bule is that we we get along we understand each other because we both have a passion for hip hop so mm. it's
0: easy for us to We all three now have a passion for hip-hop awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah So like, yeah, they invited me And then we uh, They had this uh, language idea And yeah. then like me as an artist That yeah. works with uh, writing systems mm-hmm. And more specifically ispeklo Which is a indigenous Southern African writing system mm-hmm. Which is what I'm using in my work yeah. As well as graffiti lettering Which is the Roman alphabet yeah. Latin alphabet And uh, and suntlanvu Which is something more indigenous yeah. Um and that was my contribution as a visual um, artist who works <laughs> with language writing systems. Mm-hmm. And Pule is a linguist who deals with his uh, writing systems.
0: And if there was one other African country where you'd like to go and share your art and, and collaborate with artists, which African country oh, would you pick? Too many. Too Ethiopia, many. Ethiopia,
3: that comes to mind. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. 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 Because of the churches, yeah. and I'd, like really, I'd like to see Ethiopia. Then i also like to see like West Africa as well. Yeah. Like uh, Ghana, I'd like yeah. to see Ghana. Oh, no, there's too many. Too many? <laughs> it's Congo. I'd like yeah. to see for the music, you yeah. know, Kinshasa. Yeah. Uh, Mozambique, uh, Malawi. And yeah. I've my friends in Malawi and I always say, I'm going to go to Malawi one day. They're yeah. like, got a, you, you better come. So I'd like to check out Malawi and speak more Chichewa. Um, Zambia, Zimbabwe, oh no, there's too many, too oh, no, many. I see the whole <laughs> of Africa. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you will. Yeah. Thank
0: you so much for spending time with us, Sandile. Thank you for having me on the show. Cool, Africa state of mind Good afternoon, akin. How are you? Fine, and you, I'm right. Thanks, it's Lee Kasumba acting like you don't know me. Welcome to Africa State of Mind.
5: I know you, Lee. Come, uh, I, on, I,
0: now. <laughs> Come on, now. I mean, the amount of movies that I tried to be in that you were, you were, you creating, and you said no every time. You literally, like, you burned my heart. I'm like, I can, I can act, you know.
5: I know, I know. You know, you know what it's, it's about. Trying to find the right project, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta find the right project.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll pretend that I believe you for now. It's all good. <laughs> Akin, welcome to Africa State of Mind podcast. So exciting to be able to have this um, conversation with you. And thank you for taking time out in your day.
5: Thank you for asking me. And um, yeah, great to be on. And congratulations.
0: Oh, thank you so much. So Akin, let's just talk a little bit about, um, obviously, you know, you're Nigerian, but you've lived in South Africa for bulk of your life. Um, let's talk about for you the differences between the Nigerian and the South African film industry as somebody who works in both industries and who's now working in the Nigerian and South African. African film industry. What are the key similarities and the the key differences? I think,
5: um, firstly, I, I guess the, the one thing would be the Nigerian film industry. Obviously, we know about Nollywood and the, and what that what that infrastructure has meant for not only Nigeria but the success in mm. terms of the diaspora and everybody consuming that kind of content. Mm. And and for me, the takeaway from Nollywood is always the idea that. It started from nothing. Like there was no government support or anything. This mm. thing came from, uh, you know, blank VHS tapes, basically, mm. to to the point. And I, you know, I always say you started blank VH, VH, VHS tapes, and then there's the band singing about Genevieve, <laughs> and um, and then in that track, you know, Oliver Twist, twenty years later. Yeah. So so that idea of, of, of that is always quite inspirational. And I think, and South Africa, obviously, also. You know, when we were doing God is African, mm.
4: and, you
5: know, there was no kind of government, there was no support
4: actually at mm. the
5: time. And to now, where we're at a stage where the Department of Trade and Industry has stepped in and you have all these other players stimulating the growth of the film industry, both industries are actually at a very fascinating time, which is why you're seeing a bit more Nigerian South African collaboration. They've always been there, mm-hmm. kind of underground. But now it's becoming even more and more official. Mm. Nigerian delegations coming to KZN and, and vice amazing. versa. So Both industries for me have always um, had potential. And hopefully in the next couple of years, they can band together more constructively and, and, and start to make uh, uh, much more impact. Um, and, and like I say, you know, you go to the cinemas, you've seen Nigerian films out there mm. in South African cinemas, and hopefully the same thing so South African and South African films have been released in Nigeria. So there's there's something exciting beginning to happen. Hmm. Um, even though it has been happening but now it it seems to be, you know, Coming to the
0: fore, Akin. Let's also just um, get into the whole idea. You know, with 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 Nollywood, for example. You know, obviously, um, th- I think if I'm not mistaken, they're amongst the highest producers of film. Nollywood is amongst the highest producers of film, second to Bollywood only, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, but like, how important do you think quality in general, like for Africa as a whole, in terms of creating films, is versus like the quality of the stories is versus the technical aspect? You know, because Africa's got a lot- Lot of stories, um, but a huge thing is that when it comes to technicalities and putting it together, that seems to be one of the the challenges that the industry in Africa as a whole is still dealing with. How do, how do you feel that we should get past that?
5: Well, you see, I think that that even that idea of the technicalities, um, you know, I think when people when people talk about that, they, they they're thinking of the beginning of uh, a particular movement, mm. as opposed to if you look, you know, as early as last year. Especially in terms of the Nigerian film industry, you know, there was a focus on Nigerian films. This year at the Toronto Film Festival, there were, you know, Nigerian films in there. So, the, the, the Nollywood has moved in a sense that there's what even what they call a new Nollywood, mm-hmm. where these things of how does it look and all that—that's like that's way past. So, the, the, pro, the you know, unfortunately, we never talk about African films in a continuum. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're always talking not 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 in the circle. But I'm saying the audience is always almost fed this as if everybody's starting from the block as opposed to actually that new Nollywood has been around. I'm even saying new Nollywood and that new Nollywood has been going for like 10 years Mm. and they've produced different kinds of films that, that, that are so different from the early days of of Nollywood. So actually it's not a, it's, it's a, um, it's not a true reflection of what's going on on the ground Mm. where I think uh, Nollywood has been very successful in the audience building, the audience of yep. people creating an appetite for the films, mm. and and South Africa, where, where we have a lot of work to do, is getting people excited about the films on a on a regular basis. Mm. Without you know, I know Nigerian directors who they finish one film, it's in the cinema, they like they are moving on. The audiences are like, what's going on? You know, mm. um, if you start the, 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 the audience is hungry for that content. I find here people are hungry for the content, but the, the, the move to getting people into the cinemas is always a question of how do we get people into the cinemas and how do we get people excited about our content? Mm. And I think that's where the two industries are different and that's where we can try and get better mm. at, building, at building the audience. Definitely. I'm not sure if I answered your question. No, you
0: answered you more than answered it, Akin I forgot that you're so clever. I'm just kidding, <laughs> Akin, And then also you've 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 gotten to work with um, Budu, who's possibly one of the wow. Just what she's done in terms of the the general TV and film industry in Africa is it's like nothing short of like phenomenal. You know.
5: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So just because if I'm not mistaken, you were involved with the TV series Fifty. You were di- Yes yeah. Yeah.
5: So, yes I, I I directed um the the um the 26 episodes of the of the of, of 50 and 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 again that was an interesting experience because like you're saying here's mo she has a TV station she's phenomenal yeah they had it exactly absolutely and she had a successful film and she turned it into a TV series mm. now obviously you know we're seeing things like number number here and overseas so so already the fact that she's doing that and it's her TV station you know what I'm saying like all that stuff is very inspiring and mm. um, makes you think out the box in how content can can be teased out you know mm-hmm. so the film is great the TV series was an opportunity to tease out those characters even more you know mm. Um obviously she's had success with Wedding Party they're shooting Wedding Party 2. Yeah. She, was, she her film was a TIFF. So that's what I'm saying like that's what we should be celebrating that's what we should be embracing that's what we should be looking at. Mm. And and you see like every Thursday night you know there's a live tweets there's a, you know the audience really respond to the material. So so she's phenomenal she's amazing she's somebody who I have um tremendous amount of respect for.
0: Yeah, I really, I love her I actually hate the word hustle But I really love her hustle I think it's just amazing (laughs) She's just somebody Who's definitely going to go down um, In history without a doubt Um, And Akin, you've also I mean, obviously you're just I mean, you know It's like how there's like People just have one name Like you just say Akin Everyone goes Omotoso Like everyone just knows (laughs) You're that guy
5: Not not, not in my circle I still got
0: to introduce myself Oh, (laughs) it's because they're just fronting Don't even worry Please are big They're just (laughs) lying now Eh. Oh Everywhere I've been around the continent people know your name, bruh. Um, <laughs> did you see how I switched all those different country accents? Do you see I can yeah, act Akin, yeah, but you're not you, you still don't have a heart for me to be in your productions. Don't worry. I'm hmm. just
5: saying it's, it's just we got to find the right project. <laughs> know, I want you to come out correct. I want you to come out
0: correct. His way of saying we need to find a very easy role that should not go mess up. But <laughs> Akeem, before, <laughs> before we let you go, um, just talk to us about um, just your latest work um, and what you're excited about in terms of um, product, projects that you're working on. Um, yeah, what's your forecast?
5: Uh, well, I'll, you know, also just speaking about Nigeria, there's another phenomenal uh, producer called Ego Boyo, mm. who uh, just finished a film called uh, Hotel Call Memory, wow. which is a silent film. Yes, um, and um, that, and that sorry,
0: sorry to interject. To have a silent film in Nigeria is amazing, because Niger, you know, you yeah, know your like people. You guys, you don't know how to talk, how to not talk.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we had a phenomenal, we had a phenomenal screening at the, at, at the Live Camera Africa Festival, wow. where people were totally blown away, yeah. um, and the experience was very unique. Yeah. So just to also salute producers like Ego, who, mm. who are brave and wanting to try new things in the Nigerian space, and the film. Premiered at the Black Star Film Festival in, wow. in um, Philadelphia, and it won the audience uh, the audience prize for favorite experimental film. So, Amazing. Hotel Call called "Memory," uh, which stars Nigerian uh, in- Inse, who is a big star. She's awesome,
0: stars- yeah. I think she was in yeah, Fifty also- as well, if I'm not mistaken. She was in Fifty yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
5: So it stars Inse. It also stars Mabatu, wow. Nomsa So wow. We have a good Pan African sort of um, um, cast going there, yeah. and and you know more more upfront, obviously uh, via which we which which opens in cinemas October twenty seventh mm-hmm. here, which has also been quite phenomenal.
0: Came I think you've you've conference. won three awards for that. <clears throat>
5: yes, yes, we've done we've done very well. Very blessed with the <laughs> film, and now and now uh, you know it's coming out um, in cinemas here, yeah. and um, you know I'm I'm still I'm writing new things. Um, got a documentary coming out next year, something mm-hmm. called The Color of Wine, which mm-hmm. looks at the History of the transition from apartheid to democracy, but through the through the lens of the wine industry, mm-hmm. um, and looking at four black filmmakers as they try to break into the market in the in the, from 94 onwards. So, I mean, I'm continuing to write and you know, keep, the, keep on the hustle, and the grind, trying to bring these stories, you know.
0: And just you know, before we wrap up, as you write, don't forget to write me into something. Just kidding, I can't. Came- <laughs> can <laughs> just to um, if you can give us your social media handles, and then also wrap up by telling us what it is that you, when you think Africa's state of mind, what comes to your mind?
5: Um, when I think Africa's state of mind, I think excellence.
0: Hmm, I like that. I think. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Akin. Enjoy the rest of your day. And congratulations on all your past work, your current work, and on all the amazing things that you're doing. And thank you for telling Africa's stories and helping us document who we are as a people.
5: Thank you so much. And all the best to you as well. And uh, see you on set soon.
0: <laughs> Akin, please, me, I'm Ugandan. I'll believe you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Africa State of Mind with Lee Kusuma. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Africa State Mind. Twitter was a bit selfish with the with the word allocation that they gave us. So it's at Africa State Mind. On Facebook, join us on Africa State of Mind. Um, be part of the Facebook group. We'll be posting all the pictures and just like a few cool things. And, and I think I'll probably start to write a few because as you can tell, I like to talk a lot. So maybe I should write a lot and then that'll make me not talk as much if you know what I'm saying. But then also be sure to... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to iTunes Africa State of Mind with Lee Kasumba. Subscribe to the podcast and also let us know who it is that you want us to profile on the show. Thank you so much. Africa State of Mind is all about excellence.